0: Oh my god The second they realize it's the sexy Grinch
1: That
2: saved us (laughs) Baby Game over They're alive Back to thrill and chill With you Starring Count Zakula And the Matman Watch them face off Against classic monster legends Of old Welcome to Season 4 of Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies.
3: Hello and welcome to Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And this week, um, neither of us made the other one watch a horror movie. We were made to watch a horror movie by our fabulous guest... The one, the only, Mister He.
0: Hi, Ghouls! Thanks for having me. And uh, what did you make us watch this week? We watched the sequel to Puka. That's Puka with an exclamation point. <laughs> um, the sequel, Puka Lives, also with an exclamation point.
1: But we also watched Puka. And where yes. where can they find that?
0: So you can find part one on my podcast, Mister He's Calendar Ghouls where we watched, discuss, and review Puka, the iconic holiday horror film. And then we had to come on over here to Matt McZack Watch Horror Movies to watch the sequel, which was supposed to be an Easter film. I don't know. I didn't see the Easter, but we can get into that later. All
3: right. Well, uh, we always like to ask our guests here on Matt Zack Watch Horror Movies, like, what's your, like, uh, history with horror? What's your origin story for falling in love with horror? Oh my...
0: Origin story. So, I guess first things first. Hi, everyone. Hi, ghouls. This is Mr. He, your sad, um, blue little drag queen, your local cross dresser. Uh, I like to call myself the ghost underneath your bedsheets. <laughs> um, how did I get into horror? Good question. Um, I grew up in a really religious environment, and so any sort of entertainment or reference that was outside of sort of like, you know, the secular world was so intriguing to me. And when I was in middle school, a movie came out called dead silence. And this eighth grader was telling every single person about it. And, I was jealous of his popularity. <laughs> so, so embarrassing. Um, I learned really quickly that knowledge of sort of like demonic things was cool and like trendy and made you like a badass. And me being the like extremely effeminate, flamboyant kid, um, I wanted to be well-liked. And so I found out that if I could, like scene by scene, shot by shot, tell people about horror films, that I would be the most popular kid on the playground.
3: That kid was always invaluable.
0: I mean, yes. So I, um, luckily my dad was really into, you know, movies and horror. Um, so he, you know, it started with like Goosebumps and Slappy and Night of the Living Dummy and sort of worked its way up into my middle school. I saw like Prom Night, you know, and then my dad showed me the Blair Witch Project and told me that the people actually died and I was mortified and couldn't sleep and my teacher thought something was wrong with me and I told her I saw people die last night and had she had to show me what IMDb was and that they were actors. <laughs> um, and so, but yeah, that was sort of my segue into horror was just, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be well-liked. Like this was an environment where, you know, Harry Potter books weren't allowed on campus. So the fact that I saw a Freddy Krueger film oh, baby, like, that, I was a hot shot. <laughs> um, and so I just developed this really strange relationship with horror where um, I became well-liked. It, it, it It's so strange. I feel like most people, when they think of horror, they're like, oh, those people are sick. The fact that they like those films and watch people, you know, those are just, like, you know they have there's something wrong with them, you know, but I grew up with like being praised for liking it, and it wasn't until I sort of grew up I realized like, oh wow, horror gets a really bad rap like people don't
3: people don't like horror, um, but that was sort of my segue into it. It's always. The, the most fascinating part to learn where everybody comes from with this stuff. Everybody's different. It's my favorite. Like <laughs>
1: Yeah. I've, I've definitely found that commonality too of like now, like being in a horror and everything. It's a, it's like a touchstone with a lot of people. Like, I feel like I can connect to more people I would have never been able to before. I feel like everybody kind of has that sort of story and I've made a lot more friends and like gotten closer with people that I do know over horror movies.
0: There's an innate, humanity to horror films the act of survival the monster however you want to dissect them I think that anyone who feels like an outsider especially the queer community you know really can relate or project themselves onto the monster there's this really famous drag queen that um her name Trixie and Katya they say in one of their episodes of uh that gay people love horror films because we just get to see straight people die (laughs) And it's sort of like (laughs) she's not wrong, but it's just this this act of like sometimes there's a therapeutic release and just the monster who is othered being able to sort of fight back. And I think that some people look to horror for strength and for sort of psychological um, resilience And I don't know, I always said that horror films were just like bravery training, that if you could put yourself in horrific situations, knowing you were in, you were going to make it out alive, that you could um, put those skills into your day to day life and know like, okay, I can walk down this scary hallway because I know how to fight back,
1: (laughs) you know. Yeah, that's that's the coolest thing about horror. We talked about that on our Bride of Frankenstein episode of like not only just the queer community, but people of color, disabled people like anyone who's yeah. considered an outsider can connect to this. So it speaks to such a broad range of people, which is so cool.
0: I mean, that's what made horror so powerful, especially to people of color and black people specifically like exploitation really took to horror and horror you can watch an amazing documentary series called Horror Noir that talks about the history of black horror and horror was the first genre to ever show people of color and minorities uh, in positions of power to show them as doctors, as scientists, you know, for once, they weren't just the test subjects, but they were lawyers and attorneys and vampires and had money. And, you know, it was nice to, because it was seen as like cheap genre flicks People were allowed to be fantastical and that's why I think, you know, people with, um, you know, difference in abilities or whatever can see themselves in these icons that
3: hold strength. I mean, I think from the very beginning, there's been like that cool subversion. I mean, like Zach said, Bride of Frankenstein, you know, we have sympathy for the monsters. I I think that's the, the best part of it.
1: I have a question for Mister Heat to start us off, because we met at Season Screaming's shout out to all the midsummer events that we always table at. What what did you think of us and <laughs> h- how we present without like knowing much about podcasts and whatever?
0: See, you guys are doing me dirty because you, know I'm... <laughs> you guys know I'm honest. You want a blunt host? You got the right on. <laughs> Awaken the Spirits was my first ever convention and I was invited to do a table and I was promoting my music and I didn't know what was right and what was wrong. I just realized from the convention setting that everyone in this space is passionate about this world, the world of make-believe, a fantasy, of horror, of aesthetics and visuals and monsters. So in reality chances are we'd all be pretty good friends or could discuss things together but I quickly learned the convention circuit is you could go an entire weekend without talking to the person next to you yeah and that is that was so weird to me I'm like hello like we should all be friends So I started making it my point to go and visit every single booth, introduce myself, give them a little something, introduce, I'm there to hustle myself out though. I'm here to promote my music, now streaming on all platforms, check out Mr. He Halloween Crowd or The Bride Of, whatever you want. So I was going around to all the tables, introduce myself, hustle out my music, but also just like get to know each other. And of course, I stumbled upon little Matt and Zach, (laughs) the little cute little table, cute little booth Um, and was instantly intrigued because they were doing portraits and they I gave them one of my Christmas cards and in return, Matt said, can I draw you as a thank you? Baby, nobody else drew me as a thank you. (laughs) Only Miss Matt and Zach. So I don't don't know her. I don't know her artistic (laughs) capabilities. But she comes back with this little portrait of myself. Baby, she ate. She (laughs) ate this portrait. I was living still to this day. I have it on my desk a year later. It is one of my favorite drawings anyone has ever done of me. It's just the size of a business card. But on the back of the card was, hello, promo for their podcast. And I was like, oh, my God, Gene, yes, this is so smart. <laughs> like, this is such smart marketing. And I love marketing. Obviously, I knew that these two boys, we had formed a relationship at this point. Like, <laughs> they could not escape me come the next convention. Then we did Midsummer. Midsummer was literally a blur. I was like, at, you know... I had my big skeleton, blah, 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 blah. Season screamings. We finally were able to um, reconnect. And I got my Christmas version of my portrait. It's so cute. Um, (laughs) But I feel like that's where we finally were able to sort of talk was literally
3: just like last week. We we finally had a chance to like, Get away no, one hundred percent. But the only reason that happened <laughs> is because I
0: got you slipping. <laughs> is because Mister He was throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> off him. You guys, this is so embarrassing. So, I had delivered Matt and Zach their card, and I was like, "Okay, you guys, like, here's your card. I'll be back later to chit chat." Something happened. There was a leak. What, what happened? Water was dripping on your table. Yeah, yeah. So we had to move to a different location. Yeah. Which
1: is literally right next to where.
0: <laughs> so they move tables. And by move tables, I mean, they literally move six feet to the left. <laughs> I did not notice that. I go stomping back to their table and see that they've left. One, without saying goodbye. And two, without my portrait. <laughs> so i scurry over to my friends vending 20 feet to the right and start talking mad shit on <laughs> i was like i'm so mad right now all i wanted to do today was to see matt and zach and finally befriend them and blah 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 and get my portrait and they just like packed up and left like how disrespectful they don't even understand the con like I'm over here talking magic. <laughs> and as I'm ranting, Zach walks up. He turns around the corner, and my jaw hits the floor. I've I was clocked. I was spooked, baby. This was the jump scare. This was the jump scare. You
1: got you got a text saying you were naughty. 100 <laughs> percent got the
0: text. I grab my friend Brandon and I'm like. Oh my God, that's Zach. And he's like, Zach who? And I'm like, Zach of Zach and Matt, the boys I've just been complaining about. (laughs) I storm up to Zach and I'm like, what what are you doing? Where did you guys go? Like me being a diva. He then takes me back to the table, which I kid you not was four feet, not even six feet, four feet to the left that I did not even (laughs) notice. And we got to hang out and got to kiki and we got to, those were your girlfriends? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I met their girlfriends. I thought Matt and Zach were a gay couple because I think everyone <laughs> in the horror industry is gay, but I mean, cool. I met their girlfriends. whoop de do? <laughs> I shouldn't say what do Because the girlfriends were giving one was in a full <laughs> look and the other one was like, yeah, I run podcasts. And I was like, icon. Um, so let's give props where props are due. Like you guys scored some like hot babes, <laughs> but how was your convention? Did you talk to the booth next to you?
1: Yeah. Uh, so actually uh, that's what I was going to bring up. Cause we experienced the same thing of like, oh yeah, you sit next to someone and never talk to them the whole time. So at the end of conventions, if we have leftover mystery bags or art, I'll go around and give them out to other yeah. tables and get to know them and everything. Cause that's what I was doing when I came around the corner. Cause your friend, I was like, oh, I remember seeing their art and that was cool. So I w- want to go give them a mystery art. And we've met so many more people at cons that way. It's true. Just,
3: Cause nobody ever gets out from behind their booth. Like I, I get why it's hard to do, but it makes a, a world of difference. Yeah. You know? And
1: just that little yeah. like opener, like everyone is so nice and makes such great friends there. Yeah. Like yeah it's like yeah why why don't we talk to each other like you said like we should all be friends we're all here for the same reason
3: literally every person we talk to has the reaction of like oh i would love to talk horror movies with you guys because like that's what we're all there for 100 percent. if we all just turn to our right or our left at these cons we'd make new friends
0: <laughs> horror is such a funny genre and that the power it punches and like the chokehold it has on a group of people, it, it it's one of passion. It it's it doesn't make money, but it's a money maker. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. interesting that a group of people can come together and all universally be from completely different walks of life, but be like, yeah, man, Freddy Krueger, <laughs> like that is a uniting system. It, it, it's really strange to me because, I mean, especially being a drag queen, the men I'm most terrified of in this world are, like, in that room. You know what I mean? They're at the horror convention because they have, you know, Leatherface tattooed on their arm. Yeah. It's funny to me that by the end of it, like, that man was to take a picture with me. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, we probably disagree on everything, but like I'm dressed as like a gaggy leatherface, and you have a tattoo of leatherface, and now we're friends. Like it's just right. so funny to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why this podcast has lasted so long. And like part of the reason why I actually like horror and everything now is the community that it builds. It's
3: everybody's just so great. nice. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there are good movies, and there are bad movies, and there are great
3: bad movies. I do feel like that's a lovely segue. Hey, guys, where do you think Pooka lives? Exclamation point. Falls on that spectrum.
0: (laughs) Where do you think Pooka lives on that spectrum? 100%.
3: Yes, Zach. Do you think you can summarize Pooka lives? I will sure
1: have a harder time than Pooka. <laughs> a, little, a little more to this one.
3: All right, Zach, are you ready? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. All right, three, two, one, go.
1: A disgraced writer man from New York wrote a book about an uh, influencer named Jax, who he calls everyone Jax off time. I forget. <laughs> it was very drawing, coming from the previous movie to this movie. But he <laughs> moved back to his hometown where they make Puka, and uh, the creator of Puka killed herself and her husband, and uh, are now spooky ghosts, I guess. But they made up a puka ritual where you have to do the little puka dance and eat some ash, and puka comes and kills you. But it went viral, and now every single person who's obsessed with it is creating new puka. So you got (laughs) little German boy pant puka. You got (laughs) spooky claw puka. You got OG puka, which they actually made scary and not just a man in a mascot running around looking silly. Um but then they have to stop it, so they have to stab the original Puka with scissors. And then that didn't work, and then a very poorly drawn credit sequence was made.
3: Why did it look so bad? <laughs>
1: but that was Puka Lives.
3: <laughs> Solid summary. Alright. So what did you guys think of Puka Lives? You know, I uh would you say it's an improvement over uh Puka?
1: I, I guess I'll go first Since I'll probably <laughs> have the most 180 of a lifetime, because I freaking love this one. All right.
3: <laughs> like,
1: it nailed the tone of being cheesy, but not poorly made. Like, everything cheesy about it felt intentional and just fun. And it didn't have to be too serious. Like, the first one felt like it was trying
0: to be a little too serious. But this one... I mean, they were dealing with, like, PTSD and trauma. Yeah. This one was, like, cancel culture.
3: Yeah. And even then, only
1: kind of. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which can get so cringy so fast, but it kind of didn't. Which, I think, because of the talent. Like, Felicia Day, who I love, like, did a... um, did a web series called the guild back in the day. So, and she's all over all the geeky stuff. So she's very in touch with all of that. Um, So I think everybody on board making it isn't going to be like some yeah. random 40 year old white dude we in a room is in this movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all of that was done very well. And there's a lot of laughs and they, I love the idea of, the internet changing Puka so it's not just the mascot, like they got around having to be tied to that, but actually make it scary, which really, was really great.
3: Cool. Yeah, and in
1: okay. the entire time, it just kept reminding me of this episode of Atlanta where uh, there's a soldier boy killer, so everybody that did that crank that back in the day was getting killed all of a sudden, <laughs> and that's all you think of the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> But 10 mm-hmm. out of 10, 180.
3: Where would you say it landed for you, Mr. He? Um, I don't
0: know. I feel like I'm struggling more with this one than I did the first one.
3: Mm.
0: Only because I I do love that they lean, leaned into the horror comedy world. That's such a fun world to play in. It packed a lot of jokes, a lot of punchlines. Um, the first chunk of the movie was pretty scary they really like hyped up the violence and i was like yo no one is safe um which definitely made it scarier and they pumped up the horror element of it too but one thing i just cannot stand is social media and horror movies i can never (laughs) get behind it i just think the second you insert you know how they say if a if you bring a gun on stage, you better shoot it. During like a theatrical show, Mm -hmm. they always say, if you bring a gun on stage, you better shoot it because every single audience member is going to be waiting for the gun. And to me, it's like, you bring a cell phone into a horror movie, you better cut the Wi-Fi. Like, the the second you have a cell phone, I think it just, the stakes feel immediately so low because you can call for help or you could do this or you could do that. And so an online social media trend, I get what they were trying to go for. I eventually, at the very end of it, loved the idea that the internet is changing it. Like you said, I think that was super sort of cool, fun and innovative. I don't know if I've really seen something to that level in a horror film where the monster is shifting faster than you can fight it. Mm -hmm. Um, but for that to be done, you had to be on your phone reading how it was changing. So I don't know that, that aspect of it really bothered me, you know, like Bloody Mary is always scary. You say Bloody Mary three times, the whole Candyman mentality, Mm -hmm. but you know, that was just like word of mouth, like, and it still got around. And so, yeah, I don't know. I... I like this as a sequel. I definitely see why the fan base loves Puka. It's such a fun idea. Yeah. It's such a fun concept. This sequel opened up the world into the potential of Puka, which was really cool. It really makes you think like, wow, they could do a lot more with this if they leaned into this sort of eerie plushy toy. Um, especially because I feel like most killer dolls are a doll. It's very human and this still remaining an animal, but then getting like animalistic features. But I don't know, like the Jack's thing just felt sort of cheap. And to me, anytime an adult writes about their opinion of like (laughs) millennial internet culture, I'm like, yikes, you just really have no idea.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel the same way? I uh, I think I'm landing right in between the two of you guys on this. Well, I, okay, I will say I right.
1: I agree with you. I've just seen so much worse. My bar yeah. for that is so low that this just barely passed it.
0: Like bodies, bodies, bodies was the first movie I ever saw, where I looked at the young adults on the screen that have technology and have you know TikTok culture. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. That is so embarrassing. Like, they nailed the tone of accessibility. Like, nailed it on the head. It was literally like watching a mirror. And in this movie, I just was like, okay, fight back. Shoot it. You have a gun? Okay, why are you not tackling it? Like, there was no urgency because they would have to keep double-checking their phones, which I thought... lessened the intensity
3: it winds up kind of becoming a crutch too where it's like we need something exciting to happen have them read their phone real quick instead of upping the stakes on their own yeah Um, like I would
0: have loved if they had just like lit it on fire and then it just started walking like Chucky they light Chucky on fire and Chucky comes back to life so light Puka on fire and have it still keep chasing after you I don't know if they have the budget for that, but oh. oh, but did you did you hear the Easter Bunny line when he was like, "Yeah, you you like yeah. fucking bunny rabbit looking man or something"? I was like, <laughs> "Which?" What
1: <made> <laughs> which I I don't think this was supposed to be an Easter thing. I think it's a reference to because the creature Puka actually inspired the Easter Bunny and the that whole thing. Like in oh, real okay.
3: life, okay, so no matter what, it's it's Easter. it's, it's tied to it's Easter, Celtic, but right? yeah, so, yeah,
0: oh, okay,
1: yeah, because like the the actual like Celtic uh puka monster is what inspired the Easter bunny
3: that would make I don't sense know why now, we have bunnies, <laughs> like it for Easter that like makes more sense, like yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. they work, Where? but yeah. Uh, Zach, you're selling me on this movie. (laughs) The scene
1: I forgot to mention, though, when it's the dad in the little girl's room and the lights are moving around and the red eyes perfectly lined up. Oh,
3: yeah. When they did that, I was Uh, like, yes, (laughs)
0: like that was so gaggy. I also love that we're at this point in culture where, when you like, nobody knows what to do with cops anymore because everybody hates cops so they're like but we need a cop so we need he needs to be like a diversity representation so the cop is somewhat likable so they were just like hot sexy
3: gay cop
0: okay you sold it it
3: did did lead to my favorite line in the whole movie when he comes in at the end and they just go god damn it he's so hot (laughs) no I was
0: living thought. that like but to me, that was a Halloween reference of the police detective in the trench coat like holding yeah. the gun. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Not this nod to
3: Halloween right now. I'm done. I loved everything about Jonah Ray in this movie. The husband, Matt. Uh, he's my favorite character. <laughs> I relate yeah, to him on life. a deep level. <laughs> it has another tall white guy named Matt. <laughs> 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 but the only thing I couldn't get over is like they kept talking about like he was such an athlete in high school, and you can just tell that he has never like played a sport in his life. It would be like me casting me to play like the jock. Like, no. No, that's it. I did not love like, like he
0: had to be the grounded character. Like everyone was so sort of quirky, and he really had to do a he did yeah. a good job of grounding and everything. And I thought one of the best lines in the whole film was his line. When he looked at her and was like, Why am I the monster in this yes. setting? And I was like, wow. wow. Oh,
1: when all the arguments between them two and then the writer and his ex, I was like, Oh, someone's getting something off their chest right now. Like oh, The writer yeah. is just,
3: fuck my wife. I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. Well, and I love getting to see uh, Jonah Ray and Felicia Day team up against. They're on Mystery Science Theater 3000 together. That's fun. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's the bad guy. Her and Patton
1: Oswald. That's why when I saw the cast list that Will Wheaton was on, I was hoping they'd have a scene together
0: because he was on yeah. the guild with her. I think you'll like maybe she just called all of her friends. And <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, someone was like, we're making a fun horror film. Like, come over. Yeah. 100%. 100%. After this, I'm learning that this Into the Dark franchise feels like the hallmark of Halloween.
3: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to do it in a weekend. It's going to be pretty quick, and maybe one of them will be kind (laughs) of good.
0: Yeah, there's very clearly, like, a formula. And I mean, most Mm -hmm. horror has a formula. But no, no, no. This was... This feels so structured. Like, we're going to hit this beat, then this beat, then... Okay, now kiss... And scene. Like, it is so...
3: That's kind of what keeps me from loving this one, is by being a little bit more straightforward, it's also a little bit more generic. Like, I wish they could have found a way to keep some of the more, like, surreal imagery or something from the first one. I would have appreciated that popping up, but I like this one better as a movie.
0: I was definitely expecting that after the first, like, opening scene.
3: When she put on yes. that
0: mask and set herself on fire, I was like, oh, they tied in the fire. Like, they're doing all this stuff. And then when he just recently, like, whipped out his phone, and was like, here's this photo of her dead body. I was like, <laughs> like,
3: But again, they saved it for me with the line where he's just like, you got that out really fast. <laughs> 100%. 100%.
0: But in my head, it's like, I would have I would have had that photo be like a reveal, not like a throwaway. And I feel like that would have been the surreal world.
1: I mean, hey, I appreciate it. Throw everything from that first puka in the garbage and start
0: fresh for me. <laughs> they did. They said, no. Nope. Yes. <laughs>
3: I <laughs> Redo. But I hope that that sets a tone for like, if they do another puka, it's also completely different. You know, yeah. like it could just be... You have to build it around this doll who tells you naughty or nice. Well, Go. which, which that
1: know. solved my biggest complaint about the last one of like actually use the fucking toy. Yeah, like, the toys
3: made th- there. You couldn't tell this story without the puka doll. And the first yeah. one, you kind of could. Yeah. You know,
0: the first one, it could have been any doll. This one, yeah. like needed to be the puka. Yes. And that was my thing when we were watching it. I was like, I don't know where we are in the story. And then I sort of just was like, oh, I guess it has nothing to do with the first one. Yeah,
3: they don't either. So, <laughs> yeah, I think they're going the the Halloween 3 route where it's like, it's got to involve masks and it's got to involve Halloween.
0: <laughs> I mean, Halloween 3 is my favorite one. So,
3: Ooh. I mean, it's pretty up there, but... <laughs>
1: Your ranking of Halloween 3 has changed throughout the course of us watching all of the Halloween
0: movies. (laughs) I mean, it's funny when you think about it, because the original goal of Halloween
3: was to be
0: an anthology series. Yeah, Yeah,
3: if if Halloween 3 was Halloween 2, we'd be having a completely different conversation about its place, like in horror and what that franchise is.
0: With that being said, it's funny that this is a part of an anthology series. Right. That sort of all have similar themes but have nothing to do with each other so the fact that they chose to revisit this one, it's really interesting to me because, I I don't know, I definitely saw the potential in Puka, yeah. the first one and then you can tell uh, they had a lot of fun writing this one just like where else could we go and how oh, could yeah, we, this movie's a blast. If, if Puka is a shapeshifter, he's got a shapeshift and he does, to yeah. in and all <laughs>
3: I love the leaderhosen.
1: <laughs> I feel like they were just like fell in love with Puka itself from the first one and wanted to just use that again instead of like actually continuing what they were doing with that one. Yeah. Puka is the icon, like for sure. Well,
0: and that's what I said. The first one was so serious. Like it was so heavy. And this one could not be serious for the life of them. Yeah. Anytime it had a moment punchline, like, They they were here to get views and get people to enjoy it.
1: Yes. Which is the fast track to making me like a horror movie because (laughs) the Halloween movie with Buster Rhymes is way too high on my tier list.
0: I love that. I'm guessing you've watched like Tucker and Dale versus evil.
1: Mm -hmm. We did. high work because we are literally Tucker and Dale. (laughs) We are the stereotypes. I I can see it.
3: (laughs) One big one, one little one. That's it's how podcasts work, right? <laughs> no. That's
0: literally the Bule brothers. The famous horror drag queens. Oh, yeah. Just one big and one little.
1: Where, where do you both see Puka going? Or where do you want
3: it to go? If they're going to follow this one. And like follow this one like a sequel to this. I would love to see like the apocalypse movie where. You obviously you have to scale it down, so maybe like someone's getting hunted through the apocalypse by one of the pukas or something. I'd be into that, and it's still kind of a comedy, you know, I mean,
0: it was one of the hashtags that said like uh, a a apocalypse or something yeah,
3: apocalypse. <laughs> I
0: don't know. I know that I loved when they said, never underestimate the willingness to believe, and I feel like the idea of imagination can. And shapeshifting, there's so much you could do with that. And especially, I feel like in this in this world, in this movie, we only really saw one shapeshifter. Yeah. But if multiple are coming to life, I could
3: see what does Puga become now.
0: Yeah, and if they're all different, like a collection of just monsters, sort of like gremlins. You know what I mean? Yes. They all mm-hmm. look different, but they all sort of start the same. Yeah. And Maybe I think it's could... two Puka. Like exactly. Like I think that the third installment would just be sort of people flexing their puppety like puppetry skills and their special effects skills, going like, okay, you make a crazy one, I'll make a crazy one. We're just gonna call them Puka's and it's gonna be crazy. Like, I don't know. I would just love to see pure chaos like make it a musical add a musical number like lean further into horror (laughs) comedy but give me like i want like evil dead level of blood like i want this i want camp i want camp
1: so jason bloomhouse we have an idea for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's too focused on Megan. He literally is like dressing up as Megan. Yes.
3: I'm like, Jason, you need a It's to terrifying. Him. It's scarier than the movie ever will be. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. Well, our new
1: best friend, Mike Flanagan, if you're listening. Yes. <laughs> we have yeah. an idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> love
0: that. Love that. I don't know. I would also love to see like the holiday aspect. Yeah. Like, I would have loved to see. Yeah. Like if he... Turned into the Easter Bunny. Like I want to see Puka in malls. I want to yeah, see give people me, like, like, some like Easter energy like, to it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like taking pictures with Santa or the Easter Bunny. Like take pictures with Puka. Like I want to see the household name doll yes. shapeshift very like Pennywise it like into your worst nightmare, your biggest imagination. Because the thing about Pennywise, it's like there's only one of him. But I feel like in this world, you could really have so many terrifying
3: like versions of him. Yeah. You just pull in like five different artists and be like, everybody gets to design a puka.
0: Yeah, I love that. I also thought that this one was so much more marketable. You know, you have the masks that you can sell and replicate and, you know, you can make the little Puka dolls they're more like plushies like i don't don't know it felt a lot more like oh wow this is this could live and have life and people can make fan art about it it's not just like oh wow sad depressing
3: right
1: (laughs) yeah because like after watching the first one you saying that that one had such a fan favorite and fan following i was like huh Really, but like I think now it was seeing this one, puka. yeah, yeah, I I can see the the trend there. What what I will, what I kind of want to see now is the third one being like the witch, like you're in a, like old time Ireland and like actual puka, a, like Syria. Floor. and it just yeah. happens
3: to have the same design. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that would
1: be. Fun.
3: It,
0: it's like made out of like corn husks. And it sort of like yeah. looks like the Daw and it's the folklore of like our ancestors were burnt at the stake and now that's why you take the ashes. Like you I know. wanna see the story he thinks he made up. Like uh, in yeah. re- Oh, but then I'd it's gonna that. sort of be like Fear Street. Did you watch Fear Street on Netflix? I do love fear, but I like Fear the Street, so <laughs> But the third <laughs> installment was the witch installment. Yeah. So I feel like you'd be you Hulu would have to sort of beef up against Netflix <laughs> with that one. <laughs> But, I think into the dark is done. I think that mm-hmm. the pandemic wiped them out.
3: I think they have a new thing with Amazon though there's some sort of like Blumhouse anthology series there now,
0: okay, yeah, I it's know only in
3: October, yeah, it's welcome to the Blumhouse, yeah,
0: yeah, welcome to the Blumhouse. That's sort of their like October releases, but you know who just got the huge Amazon deal, Yes, the Flanagan guy, yeah,
3: Mike Flanagan hitting our new best friend Netflix
0: yeah yeah we literally just you guys just had a table next to him we were all at the convention Mm -hmm. together yeah he came up (laughs) Matt do you want to tell this story he came to your booth are you actually friends did you exchange contact information I mean I
3: gave him like our card and stuff but uh it was just a portrait of him no I got too nervous uh (sighs) I know I know (sighs) it was just me and my girlfriend and he comes up and he's like You know, he's not famous like all the other people who were there citing, like visually famous, like people know his name more. So he's like, oh, yeah, it's nice. I get to walk around. And I looked up and it took me a second and I realized it was Mike Flanagan. And my girlfriend at that moment saw me realize it was Mike Flanagan and nerd out and go like, "Ah, hey, hey, hi. And she started laughing so hard she choked on her water and had to excuse herself. (laughs) Because she was laughing at me so hard for being like, I really like your work. You're very... Big fan, man. Big fan. And he was like, oh, thank you. Like He was very nice about it. But, yeah. He took our card. He said he's gonna listen. (laughs) Okay, well, you better help he clicks a good episode, sweetie. I'm hoping he clicks this one. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Michael, Mikey boy, if you're listening, <laughs> I am Mr. He, ready to be in your next film. Yes. I'm really good at being spooked. I'm also good at being the jump scare, but that's just a drag queen with the lights on. So <laughs> You
1: can be the jump scare and the one getting scared at the same time. There you go. Mm, 100%. It's dual role. We were here to talk about Puka Lives. Yes.
0: Oh my god, no! I love it. We're, just, we're bonding. We're friends. We're hanging out.
1: We can keep talking, but let's wrap up. Puka Lives. Yes. Any final thoughts on Puka Lives?
3: Uh, fun movie. Good time. <laughs> like that's how I feel about it. Like, put this on at a party. You'll enjoy yourself. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. If if I thought the first one was a good intro to horror movie this one is the intro to horror yes. movie it's so fun it's so campy it has good kills especially to a younger demographic like i think there's only one really violent kill the other one is sort of like suggested mm-hmm. of the babysitter yeah so it's like test the waters, see if you like horror it's campy it's sunny yeah. i think it's this feels like the adult goosebumps
1: yeah yeah definitely 180 for me I enjoyed this one actually (laughs) (laughs) on that note Mr. He where can people find you
0: you can find me on Instagram at at a Mr. He slasher because I am a what Mr. He slash her Um, you can find my music on all streaming platforms at Mr. He if you're looking for something fun and campy you can look up my song Halloween Crowd Um, it definitely is my the fan favorite in the convention circuit Um, and you can find my podcast calendar ghouls which you clearly already found because you listened to episode one right episode two if you know what you're doing come on and thank you for having me boys this was super cute i appreciate all the help and advice
1: yeah, of course. And Matt, where can everybody find you? Oh,
3: well, as always, you can find me on everything from Instagram to OnlyFans. I draw paintings. And Zach, where can folks find you? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you.
2: Man of mystery. As the vox fades, we thank you for listening to this bizarre journey into cinema. If your morbid curiosities hunger for more, you may summon our horror bros at mattmakezack.com, on Twitter and Instagram at MacMakeZack, or if you dare, say George Lucas three times into a mirror for a visit from our Phantom Menaces. You may now return to your mortal plane of existence. Until next week, as Matt makes Zack sit through another chilling apparition. (laughs) Mwahahahaha!